Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. We're live, pal. We're live, pal. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the A-Side Live Chat on MMAfighting.com. I am, of course, Jose Youngs. With me is my partner in crime. I don't know where she is on my screen compared to yours. Alex Savage. Alex, as we like to call her. Why, why does it not say cool Alex this week, Casey? Oh, hold on. On her hold lower on. third. Oh, jeez. Here we go. Look. Hey, happy? <laughs> See, now it's official. Sorry, Kaylee. You're you're still other Alex. But and then Casey Lyon, of course, on the ones and twos uh, behind the scenes. As you can see, I'm sitting outside, which means I am definitely not in Arizona. I'm all the way across <laughs> the country in the beautifully overcast 80 degree Rhode Island. Phenomenal. Got the ocean breeze. I got some my old neighbors apparently growing pumpkins next door. So I got a bunch of like a pumpkin patch going on over here. So 10 out of 10 time all around. But you don't guys, you guys don't want to care about. You guys don't care about Rhode Island. You guys just want to talk about the calamari, I bet. I know yeah. Katie. But you guys know the drill. This podcast is your all podcast. Leave your question on Twitter. Right? YouTube comments. Casey's manning it all. It's probably a lot to talk about. There's been a lot of happenings in the heavyweight and light heavyweight division. Probably probably get some questions about hopefully we get some questions about this weekend's card but you never know we have not screened these i don't know if casey has i'm sure he has but without further ado casey what is our first question first question frankie from trumbo on the site does frankie have anything left to make a run at 135 for the first time in his career will be at speed disadvantage against the young guns of 135 so yes frankie edgar I assume that's who they are referring to, is former lightweight champion for UFC featherweight title contender. He came up short twice at featherweight, uh, was the champion at lightweight for a very long time, uh, lost it to Benson Henderson on two questionable decisions, and now he is dropping down to 135, a feat that I thought he could have done years ago, but he's doing it in the year 2020. It's been a long time coming, specifically for his fight against Pedro Buñoz. I th- feel like it's been booked and rebooked and booked and rebooked several times during this pandemic. So, Casey, I'm going to start with you because you've been covering Frankie Edgar for Frankie. a very long time. Pretty sure you were at his you were at his fight in Tokyo, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I've been, you, I've been, I've been, I was at his, I was I was when he won his. Um, uh, when he beat BJ Penn and um, uh, in Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi, the original Fight Island, and then the original <laughs> Fight Island, uh, and then he and then eventually he lost it to Benson Henderson in Tokyo. Uh, or was, they fought in Tokyo and Denver. I don't remember which one came first, but Tokyo, you also were yeah. did like a little walk and talk with him after Hurricane Sandy, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah. So. To answer Trumbo's question, does he have anything left to make a run at bantamweight after two careers at lightweight and featherweight? 
He's going to be a very, he's going to be, a, he's a top level. I, I believe he's going to be a very good bantamweight. Um, now make a run. He is jumping into the men's bantamweight division when I, honestly, I think it's never been better in the UFC. So like he, like it, it's kind of weird of all the times to jump into the 35 division. This is like the one time they actually, the UFC actually probably doesn't need him because there's so many, there's so much good talent and it's so deep right now. Um, but uh, that's just the way timing works, and um, I think this is a good fight for him uh, against Munoz. Uh, he originally he was booked against Sanhagen, correct? Yes, in January. But then he, they pulled him to get one last fight against Zombie <laughs> at featherweight. Yeah, so um, which he lost by knockout. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, but make a run. Yeah, we're gonna find out. <laughs> we're gonna we'll, we'll we'll know by Saturday evening. Well, I think you said it best. I think. The addition of Frank Yeager creates a little more issues with the division because he's a big name. And if he beats Pedro Munoz, who has a win over Cody Garbrandt, the last man that beat him was Algernon, who's a rightful number one contender. Like, Frank Yeager has a lot of fun matchups. Don't think they need him. But, Alex, as you, as someone who enjoys one else on the site, uh, we've never seen Frankie Edgar sucked out we've never seen him dehydrated because he didn't cut any weight at lightweight he barely cut any weight at featherweight and now we're going to see a a a emaciated frankie edgar on the scale what are you expecting in terms of wow how his skill set and physical tools will show trans translate to a smaller division i don't think we're going to see much of a problem i mean it's not obviously he's probably been thinking about this for a long time and he wouldn't do it if he couldn't make it um yeah i agree with everything that casey's saying like do I do I think he can make a run for the title? No, only because I don't think he's going to have to make a run. Like you said, he's a big name. Might not have to go through the rankings to get that shot. Um, but I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, I think we're going to know a lot more after Saturday after we see him, you know, in in the bantamweight division for the first time. But I I don't think I see him as a champ in the division. It's yeah. just it, it, it's such a deep division right now. I just I just don't see that happening. Honestly, I just want to see matchups at this point. Like, yeah. I really want to see him fight Dominic Cruz re- really, really badly. Uh, I Obviously, he's not going to get a third shot at Aldo. I doubt he's going to rematch Uriah Faber, but there's fun fights for him to take. Is, is, wouldn't that be just horribly cruel fight, if, so, if but I somehow he has to fight Aldo again at 35? That'll be just, right. That's just cruel. <laughs> the, the, I don't think he'll fight Marlon Moraes, considering they're former teammates, but there's fun fights. Oh, this so many fun fights for Frankie at 35. Um, let's just hope he's just, you know, doesn't get hit too hard. And you know what I mean? Like it just, cause you know, he's a guy that gets hit, hit a lot and he's been in this game for a while. And historically when the guys get older, they don't, they don't get smaller. You know, they get, they go up in weight and you know, yeah, 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 yeah. but um, this is, but, but do you think, um, you know, I've, actually I never really thought about it, but do you think, do you think the UFC is really waiting for the results of this fight to decide if Jan and Aljo is going to happen. Like, do you think, well, if I say if, if Frankie just steamrolls Munoz, like he could leapfrog everyone. Do you think the UFC is really holding out for that? I hope not. I hope not too. I, I had thought about it. Yeah. I had not even thought about it until right. Oh, we that lost thing, to Jose. Anything is possible. Oh, Jose. Anything is possible. Oh. But God, I hope not. Alex, did Jose go out for you? Oh, or was that just me? Yeah, he, yeah. Uh-oh. No, he did. Oh, I heard you guys the whole time. 
No, you do, you do one of those <laughs> things where you're just talking about calamari in Rhode Island and you froze for like five seconds and yeah, then it ended yeah, with yeah. going Frank Yeager. No. So Frank Yeager, don't eat too much calamari or you won't make weight. There you go. That's my calamari uh, talk for the day. Anyway, uh, but I want to see him. I am super, super intrigued to see him on the scale. Uh, like like we've said before, Frankie has always been undersized. I still think their bantamweight's bigger than him. Like Alzheimer's Sterling is a huge bantamweight. Uh, Corey Sandhagen is a huge bantamweight. So even at 135, I still think there's going to be a significant reach uh, disadvantage for him. And remember, someone said he can make 125. Don't want to see that. I want to see him on the scale first. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm, 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 I'm hyper excited for this fight. Yeah, I don't want to see him at 125. He could probably make 125, just not maybe completely healthy. But I don't think anyone makes 125 healthy anymore, <laughs> considering how big all those guys are. <laughs> um, but yeah. I'm actually um, that I'm excited for the um, that one fight on this fight card, <laughs> the UFC fight card this Saturday. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> thank you for the question, Bobo. Long time commenter from Zakuko Kegi on the site. After Daniel Cormier said he couldn't see out of his left mm-hmm. eye, why wasn't the doctor called in to check on him? A fighter saying should raise a red flag. A hundred percent. I said this when the fight was happening and told my girlfriend who was watching it. They're like, why don't they stop the fight? I'm like, hey. I, I like you're asking the right questions. You don't even watch fights, and that's the first thing that comes to your mind. Remember when uh, who was was it Roman Salazar when he fought Kid Yamamoto in LA on that UFC 184? Same thing. He got poked in the eye, and they said, "Can you see?" And he said, "No." That was a wrap. They stopped the fight right there. So you are not wrong, Zakuko Kegi. But Alex, what did you think when you heard uh, Daniel Cormier? So you couldn't see in a title fight against arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time. Well, actually, so my power is out during this. So I didn't hear <laughs> when this happened. <laughs> PJ was watching on his phone, like in the corner. And I was just trying to keep like checking the lights and stuff. But um, no. So so he said it during the fight is what you're saying. Like Set in his corner. Around. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, there's some context missing in this question. It's very important. Go ahead. Now. When Daniel Cormier said, okay, Daniel Cormier actually said during the fight, during the end of, was the end of the third round? Is that when? Something like that. Yeah, I think. I can't the, remember the exact round, but it was, yeah, it was the end of a round. It, it was right, right by the end of the third round. He got a significant eye poke. Obviously, eye poke that tore his cornea. He had to go immediately to the hospital stab. after the fight. Huh? Yeah, he had to go. Stab. To, oh, stab. He got stabbed in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he signaled to the ref. It's like, hey, ref, my eyeballs like poked in. And basically, ref um, Goddard just didn't believe him. He said, nope, you got punched in the eye. It turned out that was false. He really did get poked in the eye. So basically, from that point on, it's a legal injury from, okay. from as far as the technical aspect. Like, it's, it's it, the punch from, from the um, judging from the refs, your eye is split in half right now because of a punch, not because of a finger went through it. So when he went to his corner and said, I can't see, he wasn't telling the commission or the, or the, or the doctors right. that. He was, he was just telling his coaches that. Um, now, what I think, and this is totally my speculation, Daniel Cormier knew he got poked in the eye. He knew it wasn't a punch. When he's saying that, he is really telling the audience. He's really telling everyone at home, I can't see. You know, he wants us to know that, okay, guys, I'm going to go out there, but I'm I'm fighting on one eye. This is no, this is bullshit. But I'm fighting with one eye, and that's because Daniel Cormier. He's a veteran. You, every every you've heard it. If, if you never said you never, if a guy can't see, they never tell the ref I can't see. You know, mm-hmm. even though they probably can't see. You know, 
So by Daniel Cormier actually saying that out loud with a camera in front of him, he knew there's a camera in front of him. He knew he's on the broadcast. He knew there's not a giant crowd drowning the noise out. I mean, this to me, that was just a, a bit of a, a cry for help. You know, just go, hey, guys. Then, uh, what about uh, someone more experienced? Diego Sanchez did the same thing. He's like, I can't see. I can't see. I can't fight. He's the one. He's He basically stopped that fight himself when he told the ref. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I still think there's uh, – if you can't see him, Diego, like when we had this conversation on the A side, do you fault Diego Sanchez for that? I don't. Couldn't see how to fight. He was being honest, and they stopped the fight, and he got the W. But yeah. I don't think I don't think a champion wants to win a belt like that. But but right. but, but Diego yeah. was telling the doctor that. Dan yeah. Cormier was telling his coaches that. That's the thing. Yeah. But he was telling his yeah. coaches while the camera was on him, knowing that the camera. Like, he didn't whisper, "Hey, Bob, my eyes hurt." You know, he he said it so we can all hear. And I think that's very in. That's very uh, smart by DC because he, he, I think he, he wants the history books to know that he fought those last two rounds, you no know, one eye, and, and and I'm sure in a lot of pain because it's not like your eye just yeah. just goes out. It's just like it's, I, I don't even know what type of pain that I is. I can't too. even imagine what the next day was after the adrenaline wore off and his eye was closed and it's swollen shut. Like it's got to be the most brutal feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. See, um, I want to. Yeah, so I got a comment. It says, no, on the YouTube, it says, no, Casey, you're wrong. He was talking to his corner, not the audience. No, DC was talking to you at home. Like I said, he could have whispered to Bob. You see that all the time. And like when guys, like when they say um, their knees hurt to, to the corner, and then the people at home text the other, uh, they text the, you know, their friends are going, they text the other, their opponent's corner going, hey, you know, do you know your opponent's knees hurt? Usually they don't get it in time, but you've heard that all the time. DC said something so significant mm-hmm. right there, like to out loud with a camera right in front of him. He knowing that we are going to hear it. So um, yeah, yeah. I think DC was just still really upset that Goddard didn't believe him. And um, yeah, it's um, that's why. But going back to the question, that's why the fight wasn't stopped right then because there was no doctor in there. He was telling the corner. Mm. So sure. Anyway, good questions, Akuko Keggy. I hope Casey answered it for you. Sorry, yeah, I, I, I've been I've been really like bugged about this since the fight, you know. And I, want uh, to- I also I will say we don't know. Like we're all speculating. Yeah, this is speculation. I have no we have no idea Daniel Cormier did that on purpose because he might have been punched in the head so many times that he wasn't even thinking about a camera. Mm-hmm. So also maybe he's just used to talking really loudly between rounds because there's always a crowd there. And now there's no crowd. He's still just talking loudly. Like, this is all speculation. We don't know exactly what was going through his head. As bees swarm around me on this flower bed. (laughs) (laughs) From EKC, what is your favorite Calamar experience, Jose? Okay, we'll talk about it. I didn't watch the video, but enough people text me. Enough people tweeted at me. Enough people sent this, everything about this at me. Representative McNamara of Rhode Island. What was it like the the roll call or whatever it was at the DNC? He's in charge of the, of the Democratic Committee here in Rhode Island. He's also the representative of my home city of Warwick. So I've seen this guy a million times growing up. He decided it was a really good idea to have a chef from Iggy's Dough House and Clams hold a plate of calamari like a goon off to the side. I can assure you everyone in Rhode Island is very embarrassed about this because it just looked dumb but what they're talking about that's the only thing that matters calamari as you know casey i don't have to tell you this is the official state appetizer of rhode island you know who put that into you know who brought that to the house you guess right mcnamara mcnamara watched that on the record so the calamari is the official appetizer of the state of rhode island. not the official food that's still claw hogs which is not a real city 
It's based off of Cranston, Rhode Island, for everyone that asked me about that. Like, I think Rhode Island has like $19 million a year in like importing exporting of squid and has the law has like the biggest squid fleet, fishing fleet in the country. So he wanted that to be recognized. And for whatever reason, he thought standing in Oakland Beach with playing calamari was the right thing to do. Oakland Beach also sucks. I'm not gonna lie. Like you like you guys like the beach, right? I'm sure you guys don't like stepping on in like syringes and broken glass and stuff like that. If you do like it, Oakland Beach. Why he chose that spot is beyond me, but that was a very bizarre scene for me. <laughs> I hope that helps you, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um cool Alex. Um what's what's your what's your best calamari experience? My best calamari experience is um, if you've never been to South Africa, I highly recommend it. It's the most beautiful place on earth. It's actually, it's, it's absolutely surreal, but everything is so cheap down there. So you could get like a calamari dinner with like a glass of wine for like eight. And I, you're like right on the beach, right by the ocean and the perfect scenery. So that's mine. $8 calamari glass of red wine. Casey, do you even eat calamari? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. But what do you mean? Of course I could, you don't eat a lot of things that no <laughs> You also drink your soy, so of course. I have to ask you when it comes to food. But all I would say about calamari, use your Google and look up. It's, I think uh, This American Life did a podcast a, couple, a few years back about the calamari. Uh, you, know, but you know about this, Jose. <laughs> is it calamari sure. or is it pig anus? And how basically they taste oh exactly God. the same. You can't tell the difference. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I could tell the difference. Oh, a challenge. Well, I can honestly say, I, yeah, I have no idea. All right, well, ne- ne- next week, Any next week. Someone talking about it, not eating it. <laughs> All right, next question. Come on. Next question. Next seafood-related question. Prediction <laughs> from Maria Agapova. This is a good question. From Phantomist to Stationary, a longtime commenter, is his his Twitter profile is still Pizza Carol holding up a crystal, which I'm sure we're gonna have a we have a box of goodies I hear, Casey. Oh yeah, yeah. For later on. But later on, whenever whenever we're ready. We'll talk about it. Apparently, I have one waiting for me in Arizona. I just have I'm just not here at the moment. But uh, Pova is one of the I I don't think she's a future contender yet. She's awesome. Uh, I think she's a very exciting fighter. She is so fun to follow on social media she's like one of the best like she's always trying to uh sell her her paintings and what have you and she's a very interesting person outside of fighting casey what are your thoughts uh oh, for her fight this weekend in general oh this weekend she's fighting uh shana dobson the three and four shana dobson i think shana dobson is the only below 500 record in the ufc i would have to think that okay Maybe. Ooh. Oh, Gogenzaki. Yeah, yeah, maybe okay, maybe Gogenzaki, okay. But uh yeah, um no, this should be a nice a, a nice showcase fight for her. And um I don't uh I not I don't really have any too too many broad predictions for her. I just think she's uh, an exciting fighter and um this is a good showcase matchup for her on a fight night card. What I was very disappointed that we didn't get her as the I don't know, we didn't get a post fight scrum with her. The last time she fought, she beat Hannah Cyphers by submission on the I Calvillo card and got performance of the night. I was very much looking forward to her. She reminds me of a the way her the way she talks and the way she uses her social media is reminds me of a young Joanna. Uh, she's uh, 
absolute monster inside the octagon. She lost to Tracy Cortez on the contender series. Lost fair and square. I don't think it was the best fight in the world. I think eventually if they run that back like further down the road, um, was that it a could one, be completely different. But she Was that at 125? Was, was, was Tracy Cortez a 25-er? You remember? I think, I think she is one twenty five ers I think the Hannah Cyphers fight was just a short notice fight, so it might have been oh, a 125. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you're right, Cyphers. too. Yeah. I think Cyphers went up in weight uh, to take that fight. Uh, but don't don't call me on that. But she lost to Tracy and then got a submission in TKO win in Invicta. So and the problem is, what's, well, not, I think the good thing is 125 is so sh- that she could maybe hopefully not get skyrocketed up too quickly, but Alex, your thoughts on an emerging female talent at 125? Yeah, unfortunately, I mean, the, the problem when you get such a quick submission or a quick finish is we didn't get to see a lot of her fights. And I haven't you know, watched her before she got into the UFC. So we haven't seen that much of her. But what we do know about her is that, yeah, like you said, she's an absolute monster. So um, I'm looking forward to maybe getting some, some more time with her, some more camera time, yeah. um, see what she's capable of. I think she's a fighter that the UFC is going to try and push very well. She's like mm-hmm. I said. Go follow her on Instagram and stuff. It's either her training, her taking selfies with all of her teammates, or her trying to sell her paintings. And they're all like <laughs> little squared paintings that I really wanted to talk to her about because anytime someone has a exciting talent, you know I'm all about it. But <laughs> and we got a question about it, which is like another like who? How many questions do we get about that flyweight besides Valentina? Mm-hmm. Like we didn't get any questions about Jennifer Maya and Maria Agapova. We got a question about Maria Agapova. I didn't even know she was a flyweight. <laughs> I just <laughs> found out. <laughs> <laughs> she, I like her a lot. I think she's gonna. She's very. She, I haven't interviewed her one on one, but I think she's. She she would if Mike Heck from What the Heck get her on the show. She'll be fun. Oh yeah. She, oh, her personality is awesome. She, and her her English is is her English. It's good. Yeah, yeah. Does she train at um? Was it Kazakhstan? Uh, I think she's at ATT. Oh, oh no, you're right. You're right. Okay. She's from she's from Kazakhstan, but now she's she's uh, living and training in Florida. I think or at least for a training camp. Uh, yeah, I think so. Cool. Uh, why is Casey still on the show? He is terrible. Blah, blah, blah. I think Maria Agapova is like 21 or 22, something like that. So she's super, has a super bright future going forward. Cool. All right. Do, do, do. Ooh, from at the seaside on Twitter. Who has a better comeback? Lionheart Smith or Lawler? From hashtag the eighth side. Why did you tag Anthony Smith, but then not tag Robbie Law? Why did you tag either? Anyway, comeback means comeback. Uh, I assume so. Casey, you've covered both. You've covered Anthony Smith when he was a Bellator. I don't. Want, I don't use this term lightly, but he was a Bellator cast off, mm-hmm. and they went and fought a bunch of regional got the UFC, and then they fought for John. John they fought John Jones. So. Better career comeback, Anthony Smith or Robbie Lawler? I have an answer, but what is yours? So uh, Lawler is coming back to face Magni, correct? And uh, is that official? I, I, is it back to his career comeback, like from where they were at one point in their career? Or oh, yeah. Where they're is bouncing that, back after a lot? Oh, is that what we're Cincinnati. talking about? It is. Oh. Okay. Oh, if you're talking about career-wise, oh, Lionheart Smith. He has one of the most incredible career comebacks. He, he was – he was – like, because – he was like he was he was a mid level middleweight at best like uh, a C plus you know B minus level middleweight and then he got sent back to the regionals he lost fights in the regionals it wasn't like he got like one you know he he, he won in this great run in like just the Midwest circuit 
Um, he actually got his first bet back. He lost. Got a couple wins back. Then all of a sudden, like he's like a, he's a legit A level A level two a fiver. Well, yeah, uh, I'll be nice. A level two a fiver. Now he's coming back to a super tough fight against um, uh, Rakic, which uh, I was like, man, <laughs> UFC is not being kind to him. I think I think Rakic is. Uh, I think actually he is a future title contender. Um, actually, behind Yuri, Yuri, I think he's a, he's my second biggest prospect. Well, I won't call Yuri a prospect, but uh, he's my second biggest guy to look forward to as far as future title contenders at 205. But um, no, I think I think Anthony Lionheart Smith's career comeback uh, outweighs Lawler. He's bigger. Alex, I agree 100 percent with Casey. Yep. I mean, I'm a little biased. I'm a huge Anthony Smith fan, but what he has done, I'm not going to repeat everything that you just said. <laughs> I mean, I think it just speaks for itself. Yeah. I'll play devil's advocate. I'd, I'll say Robbie Lawler because Robbie Lawler actually won a UFC championship uh, in a new division that he wasn't in in Strike Force. Stri- Robbie Lawler was a middleweight. You talk about middling middleweight. What was like? Did Robbie Lawler have a winning record in Strike Force at middleweight? I don't think so. If it was, it was right there. Like he lost to Kennedy, Jake Shields, Babalu, and then he has like that epic win over like Scott Smith and Man- I think Scott Smith was Elite XC maybe. Like yeah, that was man who was yeah. that epic. You're talking about comebacks, like in a fight, like Robbie Lawler's KO over Melvin Manhoof is one of the mm. craziest knockouts I've ever seen in my entire life. After getting the soul, like the the soul beating out of his legs, and then comes back, rattles off a couple wins, and then gets thrown into a vacant title fight against Johnny Hendricks and back to back fight of the years. I'll say Robbie Lawler because he won a championship. Oh yeah, I mean, it's... and I remember Robbie Lawler trained at Power MMA in Arizona for a while, uh, and when he would train. I'm case. I'm sure you heard the stories of Robbie Lawler. Would he wasn't really he, his head wasn't into MMA for a little bit. Uh, he would just show up and shadow box for an hour and leave. Like he wouldn't <laughs> do much else. And then he went to ATT and like reinvented himself at welterweight. So uh, yeah, I'll say Robbie Lawler. But it's really hard. Everything you guys said, like especially because Anthony Smith lost on the regional scene before making the comeback. That's huge. But uh, I'll play Delphi and say Robbie Lawler. There was a point before Anthony even made it to any big organization where he was actually below 500. I think I think at some point he was a six and seven fighter on the on the on the Midwest regional MMA scene where. Most cards are like, like literally in the back of like intense in the back of parking lots at that time, especially. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you just, have to, you just have to love fighting at that point. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I love both. I, I really enjoy both those guys and for, for completely different yeah. reasons. But, um, yeah, well, uh, I, 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 have a, I have a good little yeah, Robbie Lawler story though. Um, when he fought the Mel, sorry, when he fought Melvin Manhuff, because you're, you're mentioning that fight. So me and Ariel Hawani were backstage waiting to interview him after that fight. And he comes in, you know, he comes around the corner. They bring him to our little area. We can interview him. It was a one-on-one. And he's limping over. And we ask him, I was like, oh, hey, Rob, do you want to sit down for this? Do you need a chair? He's like, no, no, no. So um, we do the interview. You know, Robbie says this thing and everything. And as soon as we stop recording, Robbie is like, give me that chair. And he just, he just, he just like basically almost collapses. And he was just in so much pain, but like he was such like a fucking man. <laughs> like he was like, nah, he, he didn't show anything. Huh? So that 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 fight against Roy McDonald, which many people consider the greatest fight in the history of the UFC. The next day, he went and sat Octagon side to watch his teammates at the Ultimate Fighter finale. His face was all stitched up; he had ice all over him, and he still. Now he sit there. He went and did an interview backstage, and his face, his his lip was still. 
like splitting open on the broadcast while I was talking. So yeah, Robbie Lawler is cut from a different cloth yeah. than most humans. Yeah, that's both, and, both of them are. And I and at the time I thought like, oh, his legs must be bruised up or whatever. But then it turns out, no, Robbie's like he. Like those kicks that he took from Melvin Manham were so hard, like they literally just tore the ligaments in his leg, like yeah. just from the Have you impact. seen that fight, Alex? No. Mm-mm. It's the whole fight is on YouTube just because it's so it's like it's a one round fight. We're talking about that was a one round fight, right? I'm pretty confident. We're talking about round, yeah, like if, which we had this conversation like greatest one round fights. That none of us mentioned that. That's way up there for me. Uh, basically, Melvin Manham uses Robbie Lawler's shins as a football and he just punts him. Into the into the upper deck for about yeah. three minutes before Robbie Lawler lands one punch that just deads Melvin Manu. Top top seven knockouts I've ever seen. I think it just turns of excitement, not in terms of like the stakes or anything, mm-hmm. but in terms of just craziness. Top five or seven. Yeah. It's, anyway, it's, thank you for the- yeah. It's up there with. It reminds me. It's, it's similar to the Pete Cell Scott Smith. Knockout. We're like, you're like, this guy's done. And Melvin Menhub is just going in for the kill at that point. And it's just, all you weirdos at home listening in your car and podcasts, turn this off and go log into YouTube and Google that fight. I'll finish the podcast and then go watch it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, Sam Harris 999 on Twitter. Anderson versus Hall predictions. Well, let me correct you there. It's Hall versus Silva. Uriah Hall is ranked. Anderson Silva. Is <laughs> okay, wait. You, use both their last An- name. Okay, that's weird. Okay. <laughs> Anderson. <laughs> it's Anderson. It's Hall versus Silva or Uriah versus Anderson. But who uses Anderson? Like, just An- it's Silva. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Anderson Silva is supposedly coming back to face Uriah Hall. They were previously booked, I want to say, UFC 198 back Mexi- in 2016. Uh, Kiritiba, then, right? It was in Kiritiba. Yes, Anderson yeah. Silva had emergency gallbladder surgery like the week of the fight, so that was scrapped, which is just ha- which is just the narrative of Uriah Hall's career. Every big-name fight he gets is scrapped at the last minute. It just happened again to him with Yola Romero. Now he gets the Anderson Silva fight. Alex, what are you expecting in this fight? Um, I'm going to pick Hall to win this. I think... I think that guy's just like a tough son of a bitch. I mean, you look at like his losses too. like his records, not amazing, but the losses he has are against like the best, you know, Brunson, Whitaker, Costa. I mean, and then you look at Anderson Silva recently. And unfortunately, you know, you can't keep up that, that sort of greatest of all time forever. Unfortunately, I would have to favor Uriah Hall, especially if, well, this is five rounds, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think it's going to be a main event for a fight night. Yeah. Yeah, I doubt, oh man, that's tough. Anderson is Anderson. This is going to be, I think it's going to be a lot of staring at each other. No. I hope so. It's going to be a lot of staring. Because Uriah, I like Uriah, I like, I like Uriah Hall as like a fighter. He's getting better interviews after his like seven or eight years of hating the media. Um, I feel like he fights too much on instinct, looking for that one big shot rather than like put together a game plan and then go out there and implement it. That's why I was so curious about him fighting Jacques or him fighting Yoel, especially because he's at um, Fortis MMA where he's looked better than ever. This is like the new and improved Uriah Hall. I want, I favor him. I just feel like it's going to be a lot of like, no, you throw, no, you throw, no, you throw. A lot of feints, but not a lot, not as exciting as Till Whitaker, I think, because that just felt like a, like a, that was just boiling at that point. It was like a pressure filled fight. Anyway, Casey, what do you think? The crazy part, Anderson is going to be 40, I think, 40, yeah, he'll be 45. 45. He's the oldest fighter in the roster. 45 years old, and you're fighting Uriah Hall. 
And the crazy, and to me, the crazy part is like we're kind of even debating this. We're like, well, you know, I think this could happen, this could happen. But we're not going, oh, this forty-five-year-old man's gonna get stopped. No, we we go, oh, I could go, you know, you know, I, I'm picking Hall, but I could see it going other way, you know. So I just think just just the fact that he's a forty-five-year-old man in the cage of Uriah Hall, and we're still we're still calling this a competitive fight is incredible for Anderson Silva. But um, man, but is this gonna be the one fight where we see Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva, straight up just like deaded like white like Weidman did to him, you know? Because we have, have we have we has he been really since that? Has he been really just hit hard where he's just been on the ground like uh? I mean, he's been wobbled, but he's not wobbled, been like yeah, but yeah, like, he got wobbled. He's been wobbled against uh, Bisbing. Got a little wobbled against Izzy, but not not like falling on the ground. Yeah, like we're like oh man, get up. Yeah, like where he's they yeah. all survival instincts. But um, yeah, I'm just I don't. I'm a weirdo. I, I I'll go and say it. I wanted to see Anderson Silva versus Conor McGregor. I, I that's just a stupid. Yeah, that's just so- a stupid fight. We're in a stupid sport. Let's 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 put them together. Let's catch weight one eighty. I don't care. Um, a fight that doesn't mean anything except paychecks for both guys. And um, I think that and I think that does. I think that's more interesting than um, him versus Hall. But good for Yari Hall. <laughs> Yeah, good for Uriah Hall. Also, I still I would favor Uriah Hall in this. Uh, I don't know if he gets deaded, uh, but I want I, the new and improved Uriah Hall. Maybe. Man, when man. was the last fight? It was it was a split, right? Uriah Hall. Yeah, oh. was that uh, shoot face? Uh, it, it, it might have been split, but I, I'm pretty sure that was a bad split. I, I'm pretty sure it, it was. Yeah. It, we all kind of came out going, "Oh, Uriah Hall." That was that was probably one of the best Uriah Halls we've seen. Um, and he got well. No, I think the fight before that, when he deaded Bevin Lewis, that was the best one. We that was one of the best trials we've ever seen. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, I guess against a, a, a better name opponent in the sense of Carlos yeah. Jr. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, he spinning back hit got Musasi. Yeah, but yeah, Musasi got that one back real good too. <laughs> hey man, it's MMA. <laughs> so um, yeah. So to answer your question, we are excited about that fight. And um, man, but imagine seriously, if imagine if Anderson wins, that's the, that's actually that's kind of the weird part. If Anderson actually wins that fight, that means he's going to get a tougher opponent next, and he's going to be forty six. He has two fights left on his contract, and I think he's going to wrap it up after that. We're going to so see we're going to see Anderson Anderson versus um, Mike Tyson at some point. <laughs> some something weird like no. that. <laughs> Roy Jones. They've been talking about it for like fifteen years. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Roy, yeah, or, or Roy Jones. Yeah, that's even more obvious. Yeah, that Roy. was the original cost of the fight. That was if that happened ten years ago, that's massive. Anyway, thank you for the question, Sam Harris. Do do do. Two questions from Nathan Timblin on Twitter. With John Jones at heavyweight, do you see DC coming out of retirement and fighting the winner of Reyes versus Jan? Do you and two? Do you believe that this is the final time we see John Jones fight what at light heavyweight? Uh, well, okay. To put that in, to put this question into, into context, uh, Daniel Cormier has retired after, as he said after losing to Stipe Miocic at UFC 255, which wrapped up that trilogy. John Jones, the day Daniel Cormier posted that Instagram, uh, <laughs> Alex is shaking her head. Posted that. Statement. Uh, John Jones comes out and says, vacating the title, going to go to heavyweight, 
see champions in my future. I think he even said something like, if any light heavyweight defends the title, wins and defends the title six times, I'll donate 100K to the charity of your choice, this and that. Uh, Alex, you were shaking your head. So to answer both these questions, what do you what do you make of John Jones vacating the title, going up to heavyweight, and now Dominic Reyes and Jan Blahovic are allegedly fighting for the now vacant title? I guess I just... I feel like it's a cowardly thing to do to vacate the title and not retire. If you were going to retire and vacate, I totally get it. You're done. You're done when you're done and you make that call. But to say that you're going to forget the light heavyweight title and just move up to heavyweight, like why? I guess I just don't understand the purpose. Why not defend it again? Because you're afraid to lose it. Like you want to go out on top by vacating. Like to me, it's just a selfish thing to do. I just think it doesn't really make any sense to me. I wouldn't do it that way, but I'm not John Jones. Um, <laughs> I, d- I don't anticipate to fight him at heavyweight. That seems a little too far-fetched for me, even in the UFC, but I guess never say never. Yeah, seriously. If John, if John Jones wins the heavyweight championship of the world, I would imagine they would probably at least have a conversation with Daniel Cormier. Whether Daniel Cormier does it is, a, is another conversation. But Casey, what do you make of this whole John Jones vacating, moving up? It's weird. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just weird, um, especially vacating because, um, yeah, um, I don't, under, I don't understand why he, he couldn't just keep the belt and do the whole two belt thing because UFC loves pushing the whole right. two belt thing. Um, the only reason why, the only reason I, I think that may that that may have been impossible is because, um, like Daniel Cormier has said in the past, the UFC just does not trust John Jones, and can you imagine what kind of insane negotiating power and leverage that John Jones would have if he <laughs> had two belts that he controlled two weight classes. Yeah, seriously. Oh God. So maybe that was just like this crazy line in the sand that the UFC was like, no, you cannot have two belts. You can have one, but you have to, you know, you have to give it up, you know, go to and go to another weight class. But, um, that's a good point. but that, that's, that, that's um, a lot of speculation. I'm just kind of going, going my, past experiences that the that these um john jones in the ufc has had but uh uh yeah good luck to john i don't i don't i don't i think he's i think he's a perfect two i think his build is perfect for 205 and um yep i yeah i uh, I'm not, i don't i don't <laughs> I, mean, I don't i don't think it's a great idea man but i want to see i want to see I want to see Steve A. John. I want to see Ningano John. But I don't want. But I don't want John Jones to leapfrog Ningano. Uh, in- oh shoot! We, I, I got Ingano. Francis Ingano. Ingano. Yeah. Yeah. He got. Uh, he got. He got for that on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Which is Thank fine. God. Which is fine. It, it was a very polite. It was a very polite uh, criticism. It's like, oh, it's in. Oh man, I'm saying Ingano. Ingano. Okay, not Ningano. Ingano. Ingano. Okay. Um, I will say this. I'll add to the the overarching narrative of this. John Jones didn't immediately see he's going to heavyweight. He vacated and said, maybe I'll be back later. Uh, if the UFC and I can come to some sort of agreement, like 20, 30 minutes later, he's like, just got off the phone with the UFC. We talked about going to heavyweight. It looks like that's the future for me. So initially he just retired or went on a hiatus. And then 30 minutes later, apparently got off the phone with the UFC. I think Casey is right. Uh, with the UFC just didn't want him to have two belts. Um, Especially because John Jones is a fighter is a fighter that he puts so much planning into his fights and moves. I don't think he just wanted to be a blown up light heavyweight. I think he's going to put on a lot of muscle going to heavyweight. 
And I don't think he wants to put on a lot of muscle and then lose it and then put on a lot of muscle and then lose. He could. I don't know. This is all, this is all just me speculating. But, uh, yeah, I think the UFC is happy that he's actually going to heavyweight. Because Dana White seemed very intrigued by it. But I want to see the Reyes rematch. I really yes. do. But yeah. we'll probably that. Ah, uh, man. But, you know, but so we've seen John Jones when he puts on a lot of weight. That's what he said. That's why he said he had such a lackluster performance against OSP. Like a, a a more bulkier John Jones isn't a better John Jones. Like so, that's why I've always I'm I'm, not, I'm, I'm really surprised to be honest. Supposed to fight Daniel Cormier at UFC 196, right? Not 196, 195. I think that was the original plan, and then OSP slot slid in. This was John Jones' return fight. Yeah, he bulked up. He also fought a southpaw, which John Jones does not do well against southpaws. Never takes short notice fights and i think that was just uh hey after all this trouble i've caused all i won't i won't say no to this fight because he knew he could beat osp um but that, i think that was a lot of things going into that fight that john jones didn't have the best performance uh of his career but john but jones did I give the, john jones did give the finger to dc when he left the cage so <laughs> always the good um promoter john jones is Man, but yeah, but as much as I don't like John going to heavyweight, but then I go, man, Ben Rothwell versus John Jones, that sounds cool. <laughs> just like just random fights, kind of like why I like Anderson Silva versus Connor. I just want these fights to happen, but like I just know that these are very expensive fights for them to happen. So yeah, like Alexi versus John Jones, for yeah. Doom or for like for Doom's not anymore, but like like JD or like what about Overeem versus John Jones? I will watch that. Every single weekend, like <laughs> Alex Overeem was calling about calling out John Jones ten years ago. Like I'm 100 percent in for that fight. Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis. Like there's more fun fights at heavyweight, but I still selfishly I think I want to see that Reyes rematch first before he bumps up to heavyweight. Yeah. Do no matter what the outcome of Reyes, um, Blahovic, 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 Um I feel like no matter what happens, whoever wins that. John's gonna hold it above them. They're like, well, whatever, guys. I'm still the champ, even though you have the belt. I feel like they're 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 not gonna be considered like, legitimate. They're gonna be considered paper champions for a long time. Like, like when Connor was holding the belt hostage for so long. Yeah. And then uh, you're not wrong, but yeah, that's how fighting is. Over either of those two, I, I would like in my mind, John Jones would still be the light heavyweight champion because he never lost. Technically, but that's another art. Technically, <laughs> that's so annoying. I'm so annoyed by it. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, you're just thinking about it. <laughs> I'm like stewing, like because that's such a John Jones move. Like one to do it as we're all talking about DC's retirement in quotation. But that's something none of us talked about. Like he announced all this the day Daniel Cormier put out that statement. Like Daniel yeah. Cormier retires. John Jones is like go to heavyweight. It reminds me, as I know you guys love baseball. You guys love talking about baseball. When Alex Rodriguez announced his. So in baseball, you have the opt-out clause where after like X amount of years, if you add it to your contract, you can opt out and get a, and get a bigger and look for a bigger contract. Alex Rodriguez at the time had the highest contracts in the history of baseball, decided to announce he was opting out the bottom in the, in the last inning of the series that the Red Sox <laughs> So while the Red Sox are winning the World Series, everyone's like, hey, A-Rod's a free agent. It reminds me of that. But <laughs> And then he ended up getting a bigger contract and then he got popped for all kinds of steroids so and then uh, he married life. jennifer lopez like life is or are they still just dating oh i don't know i guess technically i don't know 
But either way, he lives with J-Lo. Could be worse. <laughs> He's very good at ba- commenting on baseball. And I would say this. Waiting for Tonight by J-Lo. Still a jam. Still, <laughs> still a jam. Next time, next time you're in the gym, hitting the weights, getting those gains, Jose, play that in your little ear pods. You'll be like, yeah. I feel it. Yeah. Cool, Alex gets it. Probably not. Probably not. I have. I am agnostic to Jennifer Lopez. I just <laughs> don't really have an opinion. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. 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 Like most people, love her, but yeah. well, I, she's fine. I don't have any. I don't wish any ill will. Or I can't honestly sit down and think of anything. I any type type of media I've absorbed of Jennifer Lopez. Like she's in bad movies. You didn't watch the cell. I, was it the cell that she was in? It was. What was that sci-fi movie she was in? I have literally no idea what you're talking oh. about. I don't know. I yeah. wouldn't watch her sci-fi movies, but I watch her rom-coms, obviously. <laughs> out of so, Out of Sight uh, is uh, awesome. She was great in Out of Sight. She, she so. was she when she was at the uh, when she was at the time then d- dating Ben Affleck, and she went mm-hmm. to a Red Sox game and got booed. I thought that was kind of funny, but that's because Ben Affleck. We don't claim Ben Affleck anymore in Boston. Rude. Why? But, I think she got booed as because she was sitting next to Ben Affleck, not because. Oh, okay. Well, why why, why do you not like Ben Affleck? What's going on? Well, New England is very weird, and okay, that's the story. In the story, all right. Yeah, New England is very weird. The fact that someone is from here and they become successful and leave, we're immediately like, nope, not ours. Eat it, nerds. So the fact that they all live in California now and they left the cold miserable new england winter for the sunny california apparently doesn't sit right for most people out here especially mark Wahlberg. i don't know many bostonians that claim him at all actually we yeah. kind of think that dude's kind of an annoying i can get that so yeah. that makes sense yeah mike Wahlberg does suck and we don't pretend he claims boston even though he does it's gone he doesn't know any of the slang anymore anyway i think next question I hope it's mike Wahlberg. <laughs> how about Donnie Wahlberg? How do you guys? What do you guys think about Donnie? Uh, we don't claim him either. Ah. Either the Wahlbergs in general, they're just goons. Trash. Yeah, hundred percent. Beat up a Vietnamese man, and now he has a Vietnamese burger on his menu. How I gotta get into that? I don't. From Jay Romero, Jay Romero on the site or on Twitter, uh, longtime commenter and phenomenal artist. I don't subscribe to the idea that Steve Bay has to beat John Jones before he can be called the baddest man on the planet, but. If they eventually fight and Steve Bay does beat John, does he now become the GOAT? Does now does he not just become the heavyweight GOAT, but an all-time GOAT? Uh, his resume and then the rest of it's kind of cut off of my screen. So, but I get the I get the I get the question. So, Alex, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think you the post-fight show when we had this conversation. So I don't know your thoughts on where Steve Bay stands in the greatest heavyweights of all time. But if he fights and beats John, does that make him the all-time GOAT? No. Fortunately for John Jones, moving up to heavyweight, I think, doesn't really affect his stock as much um, because it's just going to be like, oh, well, he was a heavyweight and he's naturally a light heavyweight. So it's really not that big of a deal if he loses. You know, like he, he, he's very smart about his moves where he's not going to lose a lot if he goes to heavyweight. So, no, I don't think that Steve beating him makes him the greatest of all time. Let the record show I don't think that John Jones is the greatest of all time because I think to be the GOAT, you have to be an all-encompassing great person. And he's kind of disqualified himself from that conversation in my mind. Um, so I think Stipe is the greatest heavyweight of all time right now. I don't think if he beats John Jones, he becomes the greatest of all time because he's just he's just not in that caliber in my mind. Who do you put as the greatest of all time? 
I'm still kind of on the GSP train. Yeah. I think it's it's GSP, John Jones, even Demetrius Johnson I'll toss in there. I think the only thing, the only knock on him is we there's still that rubber match between Cejudo that we never got. And GSP is two and zero. Yes, I agree. But like you said, I got gotcha. you. Like, like when we bring up the fact John Jones beat DC, what you're like, well, well, I don't know, man. He has no contest. Like, nope. I'm, I'm like, looking. I'm, I'm it. Did Demetrius Johnson get a win bonus after after beating Henry Cejudo? No. Uh, Henry Cejudo took home a big gold belt, so I think that's the only knock on him. I'd probably slot him third. Oh, I still think Anderson Silva is like a top five fighter of all time. Like his peak was insane. Um, but yeah, I do subscribe to GSP as the greatest fighter of all time. I think Stipe. Yeah, it's him or Kane. I think is the best heavyweight. The peak of Kane was just something else, man. He was just battering fools. Uh, and then Fedor, to me, in my mind, is still the greatest heavyweight ever because mm-hmm. his run in pride is just banana. Like when he outkicked Krokop. And he like out he like out grappled Nogueira and all these guys and uh, to this day I've never seen a, a heavyweight with faster hands than Fedor, a prime Fedor and Pride. To me, it's between Stipe Kane and Fedor, and I don't think there's a clear front runner at this point. Yeah, I, I, in terms I, of talent, like overarching legacy and accolades, like yes, yeah, Stipe has like all the records. In terms of like their actual abilities in the octagon, it's a it's a three man race in my opinion. Yeah. But hey, if John Jones pulls GSP, wins the title, and then defends it a bunch of times, we could be talking about John Jones being the greatest. <laughs> head. I just want to, uh, yeah, lot, lot of good, lot, lot of fun matchups, lot of fun matchups, lot of fun matchups. From Joshua Saya, Slayer underscore tip on Twitter. What are slash were your favorite rivalries between fighters? Could include any promotion. This is an interesting question. Oh, easily. um, The Nick Lentz, Charles Oliveira trilogy. I say. I mean, that kind of transcends the sport, Casey, so I wasn't even putting it out. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a duh. What other ones? Okay. Yeah. I Uh, think DC, John Jones is up there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's like. Let's talk. Let's go. Let's go a little deeper. Um, I, I think. Um, I think that's a. That's a. Everyone knows that one. But I think forgotten ones are maybe like Gilbert Melendez, Josh Thompson. That one rules. That one. Rules. That was like the OG lightweight rivalry. Yep. Um, to the point where like Gilbert Burns left. I'm Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Melendez left the UFC. I was like, sign the Bellator and get me. Give me a fourth fight with Josh Thompson. Like I wouldn't complain about that at all. Um, interesting question. You know, great. I like the. I like the GSP Matt Hughes one just because that was like a passing of the guard trilogy. And like now you'd interview like at the time, Matt Hughes was the greatest welterweight ever. But now you ask him, like I've interviewed him about that. He goes, well, he beat me twice. Like I, there's really no argument against it. So I liked that fight in terms of the actual like fighting abilities. Um, I think a great rivalry that we were robbed of because of uh, the way promotions work is actually Cejudo DJ. Yes. I think that was a, that was a great rivalry. They, that could have been like they could have fought four or five times. I feel like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm just bummed that didn't happen. Chandler, and, Eddie Chandler. Alvarez, yep. good one. Did he fight Chandler, twice? Eddie or? Alvarez. They fought twice, and the third one, Eddie Alvarez pulled out with a concussion. Yeah. Yoki uh, Alvarez is a good one. Yep. Yoki. Oh, man, I know. Yeah. I know. I'm forgetting some. Um, you know, actually. I, I, the most another one we we've been robbed of that we hopefully will get to see a trilogy of freaking Connor versus Nate. <laughs> like, 
Like after that, yeah, sec- after that probably. second fight happened, I, I watched your old, I watched your post show after the Connor Nate two, and the conversation was, when are they gonna book the trilogy? When are they gonna book the trilogy? Like Monday, we're gonna find out when that next. Like it, it was just so obvious they're gonna book the trilogy after Connor Nate two, and it just never happened. So, um, man, um, it sucks at that. I think I feel like that book's gone. Shamrock Ortiz. Shamrock Ortiz was a good one. Uh, Fedor Krokop was fun. Wow, there's a there's a million. There's mm-hmm. so many. Liddell Ortiz is obviously like yeah. the original. Ronda Misha was really important for the women's uh, divisions. Yeah, because I think that really like both women like and even when both women fought, it wasn't a rivalry. Like Misha Tate obviously hated Ronda and vice versa, but like they still like you couldn't argue that Misha Tate wasn't the rightful number one contender. So they were the two best that hated each other. So I like those type of so type of rivalries, where there's like the they're not booking the fight just based on the talk. Like, Shannon Anderson's a good one. Lesnar, Mir. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a million of them. I still want to see Cruz, even Cruz versus Team Alpha Male. <laughs> yeah, um, man. I know. I know. I'm forgetting too many. What 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 are some best? What are some best? The best female ones. This female rivals. I know you mentioned Ronda. Oh, so, so, like ones we should have had more of, like Cyborg Nunes. That should be that should be like so up there too. But like we didn't get it. You know, we got one, but I don't think yeah, they were that a rivalry was... though. No, no, I was saying the, yeah. the potential there should have been. It should have been yeah. a great trilogy. I feel like. It's just, yeah, um, like that's that what I mean. could have been one of the fights that had like because it's rare when we get the two not just best, but they're the two greatest female mm-hmm. fighters ever. Mm-hmm going back through the annals of time. They're, they fight in the same weight class. And I think if they fight 10 times, I think it's five and five. I agree. And yeah. I, so I think that could be, and they're both from Brazil. Uh, so like Guillerme interviewed like a hundred Brazilian fighters or something like that. And they all picked Cyborg. And now Amanda Nunes is the greatest female fighter of all time. Cyborg is two. Yeah. I think that could have been a great, like, at, like competitive rivalry. They don't have to hate each other. Like, it just turns out what like it's like Sahudo DJ. I don't care if they don't if they all watch those guys fight in front of nobody, and I want to watch it. Yeah, I, I I think of Nunez Cyborg the first fight. I think that I think of that as a lot like DC versus Stipe in the first fight. Yeah, if you just end that fight, if you just end, if Stipe DC ends with one fight, you go, oh, clearly DC is the greatest heavyweight ever, and Stipe sucks. Nah, man, when guys are this level, you gotta run it back a few times, and that's why I feel like uh, Cyborg and Nunez is. Um, you run that back ten times, you get ten very unique fights you know and that was just we just mm-hmm. got one result that night yep so, um still one fight i would book promotion the rematch oh macy barber and Paige van zandt <laughs> ah, the one that the rivalry that never fought That's dang funny. it i would have loved to see that Man. so what do you think about uh casey's already all on board when i told when i presented this fight to him it looks like his mind broke for a second <laughs> because he never, it never crossed his mind on the possibilities. What? So, Alex, what would you say to, and you all gonna say, Paige Van Zant versus Betch Cohea? Oh yeah, I knew you were. We talked about this last week, I think. Did we? I think I, I think I watched Casey's mind blow. <laughs> oh yeah, you like stopped. It was like, oh my god. <laughs> and I, I'm just I'm all in. I'm all in. And, and, and the promotion is just them doing. TikTok dance videos. That's all. They just do dance videos on TikTok. That's yeah. that, that's the only way they promote the fight. No, dude. <laughs> How about Instagram Reels? 
<laughs> my God. You know, I actually, I laughed when Instagram first did like the stories and now it's like obviously a normal thing. So I, I guess I should just shut up about the reels. <laughs> I just like how everything is in one app. I don't got to download a million apps to all that. <laughs> anyway, you know, um, well, anyone in the comments? Bring yeah, it's there a couple before we go to our, our special presentation. Let's go. I may fly uh, through yes. YouTube real quick. See if we have any questions in here. Uh, la 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 la. Anything with Colby Covington too, I think obvious. But yeah, Ty uh, Woodley called. He did. <laughs> and just like uh, no, people are just being very rude in the comments. That's about it. <laughs> what are they saying? Um, uh, making fun of me, making fun of Alex, making fun of you, something about Rhode <laughs> Island. Um, yeah. All the, I bet half the people in the comments I just didn't know Rhode Island existed until yesterday. <laughs> or this show. Well, if everyone in the comments would like to send us links to their podcasts and then we could check out you know, what they're doing, maybe it could help be helpful for us. Here we go. We got, here's, a, here's, a, here's a little... Carano oh, oh, oh. versus Rouse. Sorry, that was a fight that from Alan Grant. You know, I, I can't. Yeah, it's just Sam Neill. picture. Yeah, it is Sam Neill. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I remember when this was talked about by the UFC, and everyone was all like, "Dude, Corona would get crushed. This is such a such a squash match." But now, after you saw how Rousey handled, you know, adversity, really. Who knew? Who knew what could have happened? But we never saw it. I still think Ronda would have won. Probably, but it, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Here's a here's a question. What is next, Cheeto? After a big win, <laughs> not 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 the big win, a big win. Uh Alex, what do you want next, Cheeto Vera? After beating Sh Sugar Sean O'Malley? I don't know. You know, I haven't thought about it. It's like there's so much matchmaking moving moving around. I'm like not even sure who's available. I like the Marab Devalish really fight just because they both won on the same card, and I feel like if Sugar Sean and Marab had won, they probably would have thrown down. Uh, don't hate that fight or uh, Nathaniel Wood Cheeto. Just if you're a storyline guy, uh, Marlon Vera retired Brad Pickett, and Brad Pickett is Nathaniel Wood's coach. Uh, so I would like that fight too. Marab's uh, one of those guys that I think is going to be. A big name. He's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's so fun to, to watch, uh, inter to interview too. Yeah. Casey I was shocked when I saw his face. I was shocked he was a bantamweight because he looks like a bigger guy, like from the neck up. I thought he was like massive. He looks so much bigger <laughs> than Dodson. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want next for, uh, Vegeta? Um, I don't like the, Mar I don't like the Marab fight really. Um, I mean, I think they'll fight eventually. Uh, I don't know. Like Cheetos on like maybe Cheetos Sanhagen. Oh, is this the San Diego books? I'm sorry. Didn't San Diego Fighting Marlon. Oh, yeah. Fighting Marlon. Um, I, you know, I don't think there's a real definitive person Cheeto needs to fight. I just want to see him fight, fight one of those, you know, borderline top 10 guys. That's about it. I think. What, I think, if, they, uh, what if they run it back with Song Yadong at Bantamweight? Oh, Esther goes, he deserves someone in the top 10. So yeah, uh, if they if they yeah if they want to run back Yadong, yeah that sounds good too. Because I I know everyone. Ow, think ow. Ooh, Rob Font. I'm all about Cheeto Vera versus Rob Font. Sign me up. All right, 
Um, find another question. Oh, here we go. Put that on the undercard. All the way, Cater. Oh, Antonin oh. Shevchenko, Ariana Lipsky, and then spirit. Books for flyweight? Question mark or like <laughs> thoughts? From Jesus. <laughs> My 66 on the YouTube comments. Alex, what do you think about Antonia Shevchenko versus Lipsky? Uh, I like Shevchenko's chances. I think Lipsky's a friggin' savage. And I don't know if we've seen Shevchenko's best yet, but what I've seen so far is not, you know, anything to write home about. She is uh, clearly the, how would you, how would I say this? Uh, Mari Gennetti of the Shevchenko brothers, brothers, sisters. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Casey, what do you think about Antonia Shevchenko versus Ariana Lipsky? Um, it's, it's a step back for – I think I feel – well, who did she beat? Um, yeah, she beat kind of a – Lipsky, by the way. I'm sorry? You, 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 Lipsky's – Every time you say Lipsky, then you then like your audio drops out. Like. <laughs> am, I, am I still here? You're still here. You're there. Ariana Lipsky. Unranked and Antonia Shevchenko just fought the number one ranked flyweight, so it's a huge step back in competition for Shevchenko uh, in terms of like the rankings. But I think it's this is a much more even fight than her previous two. I think yeah. like her previous two losses were Roxanne Modafari and uh, Shukagi, mm-hmm. and now she's fighting Ariana Lipsky, who I think has not fought to her potential because she dominated KSW, came in with all this hype, uh, laid a couple eggs, and then got back in a like a gruesome submission win so I, I i don't hate it uh i still favor lipsky but i don't hate it as much as most people yeah i think just because we've seen shevchenko lose badly but she was obviously the ufc just put her in with competition way over her head thinking that she was thinking that she was valentina or something i don't understand mm-hmm. um because there was no reason she she should have fought someone like chikagian i mean who's a legit no matter where you rank her, she's a, an A-level flyweight, and you just can't call Shevchenko that, um, Antonia that. So, uh, I, Antonina, Antonina, sorry. So, so like, uh, to put that, Antonina Shevchenko was 7-0 and when she fought Roxanne, and Roxanne Modafari was 23-15. and <laughs> Like, she had more losses than Antonina Shevchenko had career fights. Uh, and then when she when Antonina Shevchenko fought Chukagin, she was 8-2, and two, and Chukagin was 13-3. and three. So, like, she's fighting some of the most experienced top-level fighters at flyweight. So I think Lipsky, I think the Lipsky fight will be closer than people think, but I still favor Lipsky's uh, in that mm-hmm. fight. Yeah, it's, yeah. The violence. Yeah, all right, and one more question real quick. Sorry, a question. Oh, there you go. Vadim versus Bader. Well, it's 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 Bader versus Vadim. Uh, sorry. You know, you know they do that now just to, for you. I know. <laughs> I keep correcting them. Uh, and no and no punctuation. Come on, guys. From I can't even pronounce the name. So, Casey, what do you think? Bader versus Vadim at light head for the Bellator light heavyweight title. I'm and very- why is this just a holding pattern for Bader to fight Corey Anderson? No, it's not. This Vadim is not. Uh, is it? Is oh, Nimkov, right? Nick. Yeah, that guy is not a uh, a holding pattern fighter. He is. Well, you're you're going out. You're, I'm losing you. Wait, I hear someone's TV. Whose TV is that? Uh, no, that's probably PJ on the other in the other room. Oh, oh, well, who's he watching? <laughs> no, he's on a sales call. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay, okay. We're out of a small apartment together. Oh, no problem. No problem. Okay. I, I was making. I was making sure. I was. We just weren't getting some weird like. 
we're picking up some other someone's um cell phone on our call. <laughs> no problem. Um, no, that fight's awesome. Um, Nimkov's awesome. Um, I look. That's the that is actually the best fight of the entire MMA weekend. Yep. So 100%. let's go to. Da, 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 da. All right, we're done with questions. You said that was the last question. I know. I just said we're done with questions. <laughs> All right, all right. So <laughs> we have a gift that was sent to us. Hold on, let me switch shots. All right, Esther, what we got here? I know what it is too. I'm very excited. You drop it right in front you of me. You got one too? Yeah. What we got? So this is- I have one waiting for me in Arizona. So this wow. is. I have to keep the headphones in. Sorry. So this is 35 pounds. No, no, it's a mic. Okay, I know. There you go. This is, it was 35 pound package sent to us. So we're going to open it. And it's sent to us from. Who are the um when the people at the Crystal Council? Vinny so, and Joe. Vinny and Joe. Oh, Vinny and Joe at the Crystal Council. Yeah, I need help. What are you oh, going away for? <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. We got so Crystal Council hats. Well, that's cool. Got a pink one for the boys and gray <laughs> one for the girls. Gray one. Um, <laughs> this is a very. Okay, I gotta sit up. <laughs> this is, uh, I think, an next one. An explanation. Manuscript. Yeah, oh manuscript. God. This is all. Oh my god. This is yeah. So we have a lot to read. Call Nick. K. So. Yeah. Oh, a it's a cat on screen to too. Put the crystals on. <laughs> so we have a mat to put the crystals on. Bunch of stickers. Oh. Uh, some stickers. We love stickers because I'm a third grader. Put them on trapper keeper. <laughs> Notepads. Um, <laughs> Today is, oh wow! Look at that. See, so we can we can organize our day by our crystal color. This is awesome. Sure. Candles. Candles. Oh, oh my god. And crystals. Oh, okay. We're gonna open. Oh. Let's just go open them. Okay, we're gonna open. We can't open all these crystals, but we're gonna. Oh my goodness. Hold on. Oh, okay. This is like okay. Take out the rest. That's oh, this is yeah. heavy. Oh, yeah. Crap. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna pull a muscle. <laughs> oh, god, this is a dinosaur egg. What is this? Okay. Looks like the, it looks like the girls in Superman. Yeah, <laughs> look at this thing. Oh, hang on. This is like, yeah, this is legit like 30, 30, 30 pounds or something. Okay, I'm gonna get a need a knife, Esther. You lost the blade cutter? Come on, yeah. Give me it, come on. No, I, oh, I know, it's on the table where you open that. Hold on. Yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, crap. Is that one crystal? Or there's more in there? Yeah, there, well, there's there's more. There's a lot of other ones in here. This is the big one. But that's one big one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, PC. You can feel the energy from here. Can you just oh, feel it? I'm getting stronger. Whoa. Okay. All right. Plus, it's probably better that way you don't scratch it or whatever. Oh, wow. oh. So I'm not even sure what this is. So it looks like chocolate. Do we know what it is? This is she say that after. Shiva Lingam. Shiva Lingam. So here we go. So thank you from oh my god, I'm I'm sweating. It's like it's hundred degrees here and I'm holding a, a thousand pound Shiva Lingua. What's it called? Lingam. <laughs> The Shiva Lingam aids in understanding the choleric energies such as light and dark, or spiritual and physical. It helps bring total opposites together in perfect harmony, 
thus causing one to feel complete balance when grasping this stone. Meditating with Shiva Lingam will help balance the mind, especially with strong, overwhelming emotions. This stone helps promote prosperity and joy into any household it is placed in. Wow. Oh my God. I broke a sweat holding this. There you go. It's like a baby. (laughs) Don't drop it. Child. So, uh, so who said that? Um, our friends from the Crystal Council, Vinny and Joe. So, um, I don't know. Okay. That's awesome. All right. So we have a lot more. We'll, we'll, we'll post, we'll post some photos later on our, um, Instagram stories or something, but, uh, yeah. Oh man, I'm sweating. Yeah. <laughs> Work out sometimes, Casey. Yeah, I know. Anyway, is that it? <laughs> some questions? Uh, yeah, people suggest I do more squats with the crystal lingua. Um, yeah, crystal. But uh, yeah, yeah. I just want to say thank you. Anyway. And, uh, yeah, and crystal, crystal power. Yeah, we got it. Well, thank you all for the questions. Thank you for the sent to Casey and Esther <laughs> from the Crystal Council. I cannot remember their names, uh, but thank you so much, Vinny uh, and Joe. Casey. I'll start with Casey. Anything you got to say before we sign off? Um, no, that is, uh, thank you, and, um, thank you for all the nice comments, and, um, F you to all the mean comments. You guys are jerks. Come on, guys, we're in a pandemic. Be a little nicer to each other. Rude. Rude. Anyway. Alex, what do you got to say? I'm with Casey. I deleted some nasty comments off YouTube, and <laughs> I'm gonna block you, and you'll never see our content. Isn't that what you wanted? Yeah. Whoa, seriously. And I'm screenshotting this, and I'm sending it to your parents, by the way. <laughs> So yeah, and your employers, you <laughs> <laughs> like Goodyear. <laughs> anyway, that's Casey. That's Alex. I'm Jose. We'll be back next week at probably at the normal time. You can find all of our awesome content on this YouTube page or mafighting.com. We got Israel Adesanya's virtual media scrum that you can go watch after this. But you before that, go watch Robbie Lawler versus Melvin Manhoop, and then come back and watch all of our content. We'll have both Bellator and UFC media days. But until next week, we're out. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.